you are listening to the TN Horror Podcast Network. Horror with a sense of humor. To the horror basement, coming to you from the basement of my mom's trailer. I'm one of the three hosts, Johnny, and we have Jim Jam and Yeti here with us. Jim Jam here. Hey, hey, hey. And before we get into anything, we would just like to uh, let everyone know that Malice Haunted Attraction is doing a Malice Christmas toy drive December 14th from 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. So, if it's in Belfast, Tennessee, 1777 Nick's Road, Belfast, Tennessee, of course, bring a unwrapped new gift, right? Is that? Yeah. Is that yeah, what it is? Don't used? bring no used shit. This ain't the Goodwill. Yeah, instead of a, a price of $15 for admission, you can go through the haunt as often as you like, as long as you give a toy each time you do so. So, oh wow, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good deal. Yeah, um, they have axe throwing on property. One toy equals five throws. So their goal is to fill up an ambulance full of toys or more for the kids in Lewisburg, and you know, just hey, uh, just go help you know support some kids in in a in a town and. In a town. In a town. Lewisburg. Lewisburg. um, Saturday, December 14th from 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. If you haven't been to a haunt this year, go buy a $5 toy. Don't don't go to the Dollar Tree and buy a fucking toy. Okay? Get something cool. Like, if you go to a Dollar Tree and and give the... God, somebody's going to the Dollar Tree. Now you gave my idea to do that. Fuck. Look. Hey, you you can get to a haunt... Go buy you're, ten toys. You're supposed to look at him. You interrupted him. No, I was just sitting there thinking I could go buy ten toys from the Dollar Tree now. I go to the aunt ten times. <laughs> <laughs> ten times. I got ten. Go ahead. You gotta. You gotta think that if if you know you got if your kids get if you got a kid who's getting toys from a toy drive, they're they're poor and their <laughs> life probably kind of sucks. So get them a good toy. Get a few good toys. Yeah, they're get probably the cool already shit. getting Dollar Tree toys. Well, you can always go to them $5 bins and get some stuff out of there. Like, like if you don't have kids, ask your nieces and nephews what's cool and go get that shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, hey, or you can always yeah. go to like a playground and ask kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you going to trade them pieces of candy for information? Nope. That would be a bad uh, idea. Was... Never ever say that you have a puppy in your van either. <laughs> I got a puppy in my van. What do kids like? I tell you what. That's fucking I will try. Not ever once does that some bitch have a puppy in the van. I was a gullible child. <laughs> not ever <laughs> once. He just said so. It's multiple times. <laughs> yes, sir. Where's that puppy? Oh, God. Oh, God. Why are you touching my butthole? Uh, <laughs> he pull up. Hey, mister, you got that puppy today? <laughs> Can I come look? And every time he wonders uh, why his butthole gets touched. Damn. That, that weird man with the that says he has a puppy always touches my butthole. I don't know why. 
He likes buttholes. I tried to crawl in his van a few days ago. So I asked him if he had that dog because I figured the puppy had grown up and he he drove off. He didn't want nothing to do with me. Yeah, you're a very big man. I <laughs> <laughs> don't want none of that loose butthole. <laughs> I still I still want to know what happened to that poor puppy. Oh my god. Anyways, so we're gonna be uh, talking uh, ghost disease today ish. Hey, real, real yeah. quick though, I bet there's spaghettios in that van. Mm. Was that a mm, like hungry or? Mm, I don't get. Thinking? I don't get that joke. Spaghettios. Yeah, kids eat spaghettios. Oh, do they? <laughs> I, I mean, poor people. I like eat. the spaghettios with little fake meatballs in them. Poor yeah. people eat spaghettios. What the fuck you eat? <laughs> I don't eat fucking spaghettios. I don't like spaghettios. I don't like, dude. This this is the horror basement. <laughs> <laughs> We've already started off really bad, <laughs> really fucking bad. Just so we yeah. are clear here, we have started off really bad. This is why we have Beyond. Start. And if you didn't know, yeah. we, if if you haven't known, we got Beyond the basement. So like, we don't do this kind of stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, go go listen to Beyond the Basement, and uh, we. Broke down cereal. What the best cereal is. See if yours is in there. If you haven't listened to that yet. Next week is uh, chips. No, no. I think we're doing the we're doing the head nod thing and and uh, chips. No, no. Chips is a whole no, episode. Chips going to be a whole episode. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, so question of the week. I forgot about the question of the week. Question of the week. I didn't have one because y'all forced me to do one for the Rocky Top Horror Show, which is extra content. And we never actually did it. Do y'all realize this? <laughs> there was no question well, of the week. We didn't, did we? No, there was a question of the week, and it just went totally off the rails, and nothing got answered. Because my question of the question? week was a creepiest animal. <laughs> yeah. And once I went into the, the one fish with the little thing that hangs down in front of its face. We just went off subject? Yeah, I think it just fucking derailed because, what was that? Angler fish. Yeah. Yeah. And then it got totally, because there was so much going on. It's hard to do a real podcast. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it was, it, uh, a, I knew it was going to be chaos. At a convention, and just because there's so many people walking around, and you're looking around, you're watching people, because conventions are awesome for people watching. Not sure if anyone, well, I guess because everyone else gets to go and just walk around, but we sit and talk to people. They come to us. Yeah, and so we get to just sit there and watch, and it's just fun watching people, you know, interact. But creepiest animal, in your opinion? Uh, I'm going to go with... It could be fictional. The, oh, it could be fictional? I mean, it can be. Why not? Why not? Well, I was going to say, like like real animal, I'd go with the eye-eye. Eye-eye, Captain. Uh, what's that? That is pretty fucking weird looking. What? It's a fucking. It, uh, it looks like a. Uh, it looks like a damn cracked out skunk. Yeah, it's kind of like a, but it's got this one, like long. His middle fingers like real long, and he's all bug eyed and. Hey, that's a butthole. That's the butthole tickler. It is. <laughs> I I. How do you spell that? A y e a y e. That's how how I thought you spelled it, but. Yeah. I already got it. Still thinking of mine, so y'all keep on talking. The I I. This is not. 
dude, that's cute, man. He's a it's, cute fella. He's a, it's, it's like a Helena Bonham Carter situation. See, like, from man. one angle, it's really cute, and from the other thing, from the other angle, it's a, a thing of nightmares. Is there a reason why oh, the middle finger it. is so long? It, it, uh, Look. it uses it to, uh, fucking things out of trees, probably. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it eats bugs and shit out of trees, so. Kind of looks like a bat. Yeah, it does. With the ears? Yeah. Now, that's a fucking ugly one, man. That motherfucker right down there, that's an ugly son of a bitch. Yeah, that one is. He looks like a fucking naked rat. What if it comes up on you and starts going, <laughs> I went to his claws to touch me. I'm fucking ripped your damn face off, probably. Creepiest animal, Jim Jam. The goblin shark. Ugh. Yeah. That's pretty fucking. Have you seen it? Probably. I just don't it's know. It's where the mouth extends out. It's like it's, a fucking xenomorph. It's a, a deep, uh, deep ocean dweller. But yeah, I see it on Shark Week all the time, but the, the mouth comes out like. Oh, yeah. That's fucking creepy. It's Dude, like the ocean is terrifying. It's got like a beak on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why the the uh, aliens live in the ocean. Yeah, so they just hang out with their own kind. Well, I mean, because it's unexplored. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, the Earth is hollow, so there's a giant alien base inside. Well, there's a system of alien bases inside the Earth, and they come out through the ocean. The Marianas Trench is, is like a, a, a garage door for aliens. The anglerfish, yeah. Fuck, creepy as fuck, dude. dude. Um, no. No, this isn't the conspiracy show today. We did that on the, the extra credit. That's You go listen to the Rocket Top Horror Show. Fucking extra credit. Yeah, the extra credit show. Yeah, yeah, that's what that was. We got extra credit for doing that, okay? Because we worked... Not really, because that that was just a fucking shit show. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. So we are going to be talking um, paranormal. This is our paranormal episode. We've been talking about this for a couple weeks now, how we was going to bring this up, and we're going to try to put more effort into stuff. Well, some of us are, like me and Yeti. Jim Jam apparently can't read anymore. Yeah. It's too difficult for him to read. I did watch the videos. But it's too difficult for him to read. Why do I need to read? Yeti's going to read it. He's not going to read all this, is he? Uh, well, part of it, you know, was kind of uh, wrote it kind of like a script slash okay. notes. That's but, cool. Uh, That's why I, I wasn't sure it... because some of it seemed like for us. And But anyways. Yeah. So, Paranormal. Hit it off, Yeti. The word paranormal at its broadest refers to anything that's not scientifically explainable. It can range from psychic abilities to demonic activity. For the purpose of this episode, though, we're going to be finding the kind of middle ground and talking about hauntings. I would say we're going to talk about ghosts, but not all hauntings involve ghosts. Before we get off, Before I get off on that tangent, let's look at the three major classifications of hauntings. Number one is the intelligent hauntings. These are the ones you hear about more than anything. If the three major classifications of hauntings were the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus, intelligent hauntings would be Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker. It's the sexy one. This is the type of haunting that involves what most people tend to think of when they think about ghosts. Sarah the entity Parker. is 
Sarah yeah, Jessica she Parker, was... the sexy one. Uh, oh, I, that was her, wasn't it? Like the hot witch in in Hocus Pocus. I don't know. I thought Ricky Lake, not Ricky Lake. That ain't <laughs> Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake. <laughs> Ricky Lake and Rebel Wilson. Goddamn. Was Sarah Jessica Parker in Hocus Pocus? Yeah. Oh, I've never yeah. watched that movie. Well, um, sorry. The, I, what was the big the big girl? That's one. Oh fuck! I don't have any idea. She was in Sister Act. But I I I only because when you put Sarah Jessica Parker, I was thinking horse. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? Horse. 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 Why the A long horse. face? A horse. No, I was I wasn't thinking. I, okay, go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry I interrupted. Uh, That's part of this. The, yeah, the, the entity happen. involved in intelligent hauntings is actually the spirit of a dead person that's tied to an area, an artifact, or an individual. It retains at least some of the consciousness of the person it was before the death. These are the kind of ghosts that interact with their surroundings. They're most likely to open and close doors, move small objects, and they seem to have some awareness about them. These are also the kinds of entities that, in some cases, you can go all lifetime movie and talk them into fucking off into the afterlife. The theory here is that the energy that makes up the synapses and stuff that give us our personalities and our brain meat, uh, all of that energy is attached to something here on Earth after the body dies. This allows the person is basically now an energy being to just putz about, fuck with the living, and uh, kind of live a little ghost life. So like this, this is, is this the what? same synopsis as like a movie synopsis? So he's not living his best life, that's for sure. Uh, no, it's just a ghost life. Oh. It's my life. Shut up. No. No. <laughs> no. No, not at all. No. no. Uh, You're not a singer. I, I can what, have what dreams. <clears throat> Your dreams are everyone else's nightmares, though. Fucking, <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> oh, God. How do you get over that fucking shit? Ugh. Like I just got Bush. haunted by a fucking shitty ass singing ghost. <laughs> With a worse song. Yeah. I, fu- I, fu- I fucking hate Bon Jovi. I do. Anyways, so anyways, move on. Move on. Okay, okay. Residual hauntings. Okay. Residual hauntings. The ghost of Patrick McFucknugget emerges from this closet every night. At the same time, to silently wander the halls of Fucknugget Manor <laughs> is one way that you might hear someone discuss the residual haunting. It can also be something like, every year on the 14th of July, Shane McFucknugget leaps from the highest tower of Fucknugget Manor only to disappear <laughs> before hitting the cold cobblestones below. Either way, I really want to investigate Fucknugget Manor. Residual hauntings lack the humanity of intelligent hauntings. They're moments in time captured and replayed over and over again. Residual hauntings take no notice of their current world. For for instance, if you've got a, a house that was built where another house once was, a residual haunting will ignore the layout of the current house and adhere to the to the old house. So like if there were stairs where your the middle of your living room was you might see them walking upstairs in the middle of your living room where there's no stairs because it's not an entity. It's, it's a recording. Uh, <clears throat> they reoccur when conditions are right for whatever 
event led them to to be recorded there whether it be like weather conditions or a time of day or a, a point in the lunar cycle or, or something just something triggers these recordings to play the, the theory here is is what's one of my favorite things is the stone tape theory it's a speculation that, that these kind of ghosts or hauntings are analogous to tape recordings and that mental impressions during emotional or traumatic events can be projected in the form of energy and recorded into things like rocks or iron. Uh, limestone is, a, is a, a, a big one. And like I said, an iron. It's, um, the stone tape theory goes kind of deep. And it's, it's really interesting if you really want to dig into something that kind of makes some hauntings make sense. <clears throat> and, and, and that leads us into poltergeists. Fun fact, poltergeist means noisy ghost in German. What makes that fact even funner is that there are no ghosts involved with with uh, poltergeist hauntings. They have less to do with ghosts than residual hauntings. Poltergeists are lumped in with hauntings because that's how they seem. In reality, the activity is driven by uncontrolled psychic energy. This energy usually originates from a preteen child who is just entering puberty. Most of the time, this child is a girl. In fact, it is rare to see a poltergeist case attributed to a boy. This has led the par some paranormal scholars to refer to poltergeists as period magic. <laughs> the theory here is that we're all full of this psychic energy. Like, um, you can, it's, we have electrical current flowing through us. Like, you can go to, like, the kids' museum and stuff. And like you touch the thing and it makes the thing light up. It's because we all have a bioelectrical pulse inside of us. Uh, and there are certain times in life when the energy production and release is higher than others. These times include the point of orgasm, the throes of death, the moment of birth for the child and the mother. Uh, another time that the energy production is really high and it's unchecked is uh, the beginnings of puberty. There's a million changes being made in the uh, mental and physical being, and the psychic energy is fucking just off the charts. Off the charts. But I think that the reason the girls are more likely to be the cause of this poltergeist activity is that there are more changes going on both mentally and physically for a young woman than for a young man. <clears throat> so I guess that would make them produce more of this unchecked psychic energy. Also, if you look into some occult practices, menstrual blood is used pretty frequently, uh, especially in left-hand path magic. Uh, so that could have – there's some kind of connection there, the, the power uh, that is in the uh, the monthly blood of a woman, and the especially in youth with the purity aspect and – I don't know. It, it's, I think it's all tied together somehow. Isn't there, some, all, isn't there some evil in pure – period blood uh i think some like old old jew cultures believe that like uh it's bleeding the impurity that has something to do with the original sin of eve or some such fucking puritanical bullshit yeah because all women are evil yeah i mean that's what uh that's 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 what the old desert wizards believed yep can I hit on uh, just one thing that doesn't have to do? Fuck Nuggets. The Fuck Nuggets um, 
how do you think they got their name? <laughs> because, you know, back in the day, you was given a name by, you know, like whoever. Yeah, we're going to need people. Yeah, we're going to need a backstory for Fuck Nugget. So, I mean, were they, like, chicken nuggets weren't around back in the day. So, well, like, you think they were fucking cheese nuggets or, or, uh. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. I had I'd, I'd go. I'd go one further. Have you ever heard of nugget porn? No. I'll take. I'll take your silence as a no. Uh, okay. What it is is it's like chicks who are like multiple amputees, like <laughs> like no arms and no legs. They're just like a person McNugget, and it's porn. So it could have been that the earliest of the fuck nuggets were really hot, armless, legless chicks. Well, no wonder I'm not finding this when I put like or no, 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 no. Or what something. It, they they would porn. they wouldn't be. It'd be the guys fucking them, so they fuck nuggets. Yeah, they had it was it was like a hereditary fetish. Yeah. Okay. So you're telling me if I want to look up nugget porn, I got to put in nugget porn and not like woman without legs. Amputee, mon- like guys. Yeah, just, okay, just, I, I just didn't really want. Porn. Yeah, I didn't really. You're want welcome. On this path, but <laughs> we'll leave a link in the bio or in the description for uh, nuggets. It's not going to be in my bio. Let, let's I'm not. Damn let's sure. not. Damn sure not going to be in my bio. Oh, we don't go on YouTube, but anyways. Yeah. <clears throat> so, out of these, uh, the poltergeist. Well, why do you think uh, poltergeist was more? If it doesn't really involve, uh, uh, it has more to do with residual hauntings and ghosts. Why do you think like all the poltergeist like movies and stuff was like demons? Because it's just for uh, fanciness. Yeah, it's. I think it's easier to sell demons than uh, fucking psychic energy. Psychic energy of a child fucking shit up. Uh, to to a, to a broader audience, I would watch a uh, true to life poltergeist film though. So, like in the poltergeist movie, that was a demon. That was uh, that that was the poltergeist movie was actually a, a large scale intelligent haunting, wasn't it? Oh wait, no, I'm talking about the other one. Never mind. What other one? Not poltergeist, but uh, why is my mind gone blank? Paranormal uh, activity. S- did that come out around Poltergeist time? Oh, Exorcist. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah My Exorcist. Bad. I got them confused, sorry. That's uh, Possession. Yeah, I got totally confused yeah. on that. Sorry. Yeah. Wow, I felt smart. You said uh, fucking paranormal activity. <laughs> I made up for it when I said The Exorcist. God. Now, I did some, I did some hunting, and I found uh, a popular... Uh, or famous or whatever I don't, case for, for each one of these. I tell you what, when I wake up here in the horror basement with a raging murder hangover, the only thing that would make me feel better is some good Norwegian black metal, death to false metal, and a strong cup of coffee. I'm one of those people who can't function without caffeine. It doesn't matter if I'm going out with the family to bask in the spooky nature of the great state of Tennessee, or if I'm in my movie cave taking in the latest in indie horror. I have to have that hot, hot nectar that gods to just mm, pour down my gullet. If you think for a minute that I can make the words go without coffee, 
You have way too much faith in me. That's why True Cold Coffee is the brand for me. They offer amazing brands like the Mjotilvit, a single-origin Nicaraguan roast that is darker than the darkest parts of my soul, the Kofstorm, a premium El Salvadorian medium roast that's as smooth as a sacrificial dagger on a virgin's throat. If you're in fair trade coffee or organic, you can pick up some natural selections in organic Honduran roast. It's sinfully full-bodied and earthy. <clears throat> It'll wake you up and make you feel good about your choices. I personally prefer the Mjortelvit because I like my coffee like I like my women, ground up and put in the freezer. Before we go on, I'd like to note that you can buy this whole bean or ground. Great options. Can't make a choice? That's fine. You can order the Unholy Trinity Bundle and get all three varieties. While browsing the site, you can also get mugs, t-shirts, and some damn fine metal albums from all around the globe. Just head on over to www.trvekvltcoffee.com slash ref slash Tennessee Horror News for all of your coffee and metal needs. That's right, www.trvekvltcoffee.com slash ref slash Tennessee Horror News because I am in league with Satan, but not before coffee. All right. And before we get into these cases, I want to point out that we're only going to be scratching the surface here. Uh, either of these could and very well may be in the future an entire episode by itself. Like these go deep, but uh, I didn't because we don't have time for that shit. So we're just going to be discussing three famous haunting cases that... Uh, they're, you know, each one of the, the big things. The first one is the poltergeist case. It's maybe the most famous poltergeist case and one of the most famous hauntings uh, because of its connection in film. It's the infield poltergeist. It is a claim of supernatural activity at 284 Green Street, a council house in Brimsdown, Enfield, England, between 1977 and 1979, involving two sisters, age 11 and 13. Both of these girls were, like, right in prime poltergeist production age. Uh, this case is the basis for the movie The Conjuring 2. Uh, in reality, though, the Warrens weren't actually involved for more than, like, a day. Uh, I think Ed Warren showed up and tried to take hold, and he just kind of got told to fuck off. The investigation fell to the Society for Psychical Research. More specifically, the investigation was mostly handled by investigators Maurice Gross and Gr Guy Playfair. This haunting went on for 18 months. Things witnessed by both investigators and police alike are flying marbles and Legos, <clears throat> furniture moving around, like... They would come in, and marbles and Lego blocks would just come zooming through the house at them. Uh, That'd be crazy. The family reported the bed shaking, things going missing, things being smashed. You know, these these are all things that have worked their way into tropes, into haunting movies. <clears throat> There's some pretty famous pictures of the girls levitating above their beds, presumably being lifted by the poltergeist. In fact, one interesting fact about this case 
is that there is an official police report on file that contains an officer's eyewitness account of a kitchen chair wobbling before sliding across the room. If I remember correctly, the chair moved like four feet in the presence of like like a handful of cops. Uh, if you'll remember from the breakdown of poltergeist cases, the center of these cases is usually a girl going through puberty. The infield case, there were two. The eldest girl had started her first period just a month before the activity really kicked off, and the younger of the two entered womanhood as the haunting escalated. As things got worse, she got her first period, and she, her psychic energy just kind of fed into the case. Um, <clears throat> along with all the period magic being in full effect, there was a ton of stress in the home. They were poor. The children's father had left and was known to bring his new lovers it's plural to the infield home while coming to drop off his child support because fuck mailing it. I'm just going to come and show my new girlfriends off to my ex family. What a prick. This added to the financial issues of the family. <clears throat> this and the financial issues of the family uh, made a near perfect breeding ground for poltergeist activity. As with most poltergeist cases, the entity re resisted all attempts to be removed after 18 long months, the activity just stopped. Well, on the one of the there was a video that uh, is included in this uh, Yeti. They uh, say that the girls made up some of the stuff, right? There were <clears throat> there were a couple of cases where the girls were proven to be falsifying some things. They were uh, just trying to big it up so they would believe. Well, you see this a lot, though. Like, for instance, uh, Bigfoot hunters that that produce hoaxes. It's it's just because they think it's real, and they want to produce some sort of tangible evidence to get everyone else on board so they can see what they do. Uh, the theory is that the that the girls there. I think there were like three or four cases where shit was off they were obviously faking it but there's so much other shit that went on that was like verified by multiple people that those moments of uh childhood fibbery basically don't really outweigh the rest of it yeah because ultimately they're still children and uh the claim was is that they did like to uh play pranks you know because i mean you got all these new people around you yeah you, you're the center of attention yeah and you're goofing off and whatever i mean because you're still a kid when it comes down to it it's just you get haunted or messed with at night but also and... um the chair though that moved the cop i mean that's that was on a i mean they got that on video the cop even saying because that the video that we watched also um you know, she was on the BB. I was going BBC. Yeah, the BBC. It is the BBC. <laughs> that's okay. That's <laughs> not that BBC. I was like, the BB is it C? Uh, <laughs> no, it can't be. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, British Broadcasting Corporation. Corporation? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that's throwing me off. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, and she was on there and said, you know, she checked for wires. She looked under the, the couch to see if there's wires, like looked around to see if someone pulled this chair 
and no one pulled it. So, I mean. Well, the picture, it looks like to me she just leaped off the fucking bed. Yeah, now that bed thing, I don't believe that, yeah, her legs. I, I, think, are... that's, I think that's another one of those things where this is something that was happening, like the bed shaking and the levitations and stuff. It's something that was happening that they couldn't capture, but it's another. It's one of those cases of you guys have to see this. So even if we have to fake this photo, <clears throat> you know, just to kind of prove a point. Yeah, well, and plus the person taking the photo could have just been like, show me yeah. what it's like. And the girl did it. And then the person taking the photo just didn't, didn't you know, kind of include that part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Also, with with the girls faking it, uh, there's kind of a theory that they knew what their father their father is out of the picture for the most part. He just comes by and pays his child support, and that's it. And they have this uh, this guy from the the Center for Psychical Research, Guy Playfair. He comes in and he stays with them in the house and becomes almost like. Uh, like a new dad figure for him. He's like, cause he's, yeah, he's a stodgy old Brit and he's, you know, you know, very scientifically minded or whatever, but he's also a sweet man. So he's, he's showing the girls like fatherly attention and they know that the moment that this haunting gets debunked or that the, everything ends or it tapers off, they're going to lose another important male figure in their life. So they're they're along with being, you know, lacking a father and fucking having all this crazy stuff going on, they're working through abandonment issues as well. So I mean that's I think that's part of why they were they falsified a lot of things. It, it wasn't for anybody's benefit other than uh playfairs, so he would stay around. Yeah, and also uh it was said that the mother had a nervous breakdown eventually after the 18 months. Oh, yeah. Could you fucking imagine, though? And, I mean, you got all these people. This, it, but she never left the house. After her kids moved out, or I don't know if they moved out on their own, like as adults, or. but after they left the house, she stayed. The mom? Oh, yeah. Yeah, until she passed away in 2001 or 2003. Well, didn't after so long, though, the shit stop? That's what they said. But I don't know if it stopped after the girls moved out or what. It was 18 months. I don't know if they... The yeah, it was... Moved. No, it was... It was she had a nervous months. breakdown, and I don't know if the girls moved somewhere else after the nervous breakdown or what. Uh, I'm not sure. I think they think they may have stayed and growed, growed up with their mama. I don't know. Yeah, we didn't research that far into it, but yeah, we didn't it, go that deeply into it. Like I mean, said, I've, only I've done the service because I mean, you could get totally. But the people that moved in the house after that left in two months because they were being haunted. So uh, it could be that the there was a res that this case created a residual haunting. But it also could be though that uh. There could have been some young kids, and yeah, and the you know they could have been pulling off of them, you know. Because what maybe the mom once she got so old she quit having a period and. Well, no, it wasn't. It was because puberty. Not, yeah, okay. It's it yeah. different family too. 
but so they, they, it could have just reignited it. I, the the ghost fed eighteen months, and it's like, yeah, good, we're good. Yeah, because there is there is another like theory on poltergeist that it's not just the energy being released from these children. <clears throat> it's like the the energy is being released, and it's kind of making uh, what you would can what you could kind of compare to like a psychic soccer ball. And then an entity comes in and just plays with this energy. Like it finally, this entity finally has uh, an energy supply that will allow it to interact with the world around it. And it's just dicking with everybody. Yeah, and then the so energy dies down, right? Like I yeah, mean, they, 18 months, it's like, okay, you know, that that level of energy is faded. Well, yeah, once once the, the subject's... Uh, body starts to level out in that uh, that spike of uh, biological and mental confusion at the beginning of puberty just kind of turns into fucking the suck of young adulthood that energy production will die off and it, little by little it was also said that uh, the ghost just sort of didn't happen to break the TV and that's why they were saying it could be fake because the ghost was breaking everything else or the, whatever the energy was breaking everything else, but it was mindful of the expensive stuff or whatever. Maybe it was wanting to watch some TV and keep it around. Yeah. I don't know. That was just, you know, the other doubt, doubter thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it, there was too much other evidence. Yeah. There's, there's a lot. There's, that's one of my favorite things about that case is there's so much there that it's, it's hard to, just kind of hand wave away like a lot of other things are. But that is a, a poltergeist type of haunting though, correct? Yeah, that, that was, that was the poltergeist haunting. So was, uh, let's move on into an in, intelligent haunting on a large scale. On a large scale, the Winchester mystery house. We all know the story of the infamous Winchester mystery house. The widow Winchester was told by a medium that she would be pursued by the ghosts of those killed by the Winchester rifle. In order to avoid those vengeful spirits, she would spend decades building a labyrinthine mansion. The house includes stairways that go to nowhere, doors that open to straight drops, and skylights in the floors. Among the countless rooms and hallways, there lies a seance room where the Lady Winchester, when the Lady Winchester was alive, she, would, she was the only one who held a key to this room. This isn't some old-timey oddity room that she only went into once in a while, though. She would retire to her seance room once every night at midnight in order to get construction orders for the next day. Not only is this one of America's most haunted homes, it was fucking designed by ghosts. The spirits still roam the halls of the Winchester Estate. The third floor, which once housed servants' quarters, is said to be absolutely lousy with ghosts. Many of the tour guides refuse to wander the third floor after dark because, as we know, ghosts are nocturnal. The reported haunting of this home... <laughs> the reported hauntings of this home are really interesting. You have the supposed vengeful ghosts that are confused by the architecture of the home. You also have the ghosts that help draft the blueprints. There are also the usual reports of people being touched, grabbed, and pushed. All of these things point to... An intelligent hauntings however this house also includes at least one residual haunting that i've heard about there's a man in white coveralls who pushes a wheelbarrow to the coal chute in the basement 
While some say that he has interacted with them, I really think that's just people trying to make their stories sound more interesting. The repetitive nature of the wheelbarrow man's appearance and his actions <clears throat> points directly to a residual haunting. There's some pretty interesting alternate theories involved in the Winchester Mystery House. The main two being that the Lady Winchester was, in fact, pursued, dire pursued and directed by the spirits of victims of the Winchester Rifle, or that the the widow Winchester was actually bug nuts crazy, was plagued by guilt, and was rich as all hell. Those are the the prevailing theories. That's that's the one, that's the ones that people usually go to. Another theory is that she was more deeply involved in the occult than some would think. The number thirteen, which is historically and magically important, <clears throat> repeats itself several times within the Winchester house for existence. For, for instance, Friday the 13th is so unlucky because it was the day that the Templars were sentenced to death. In Tarot, the 13th, the 13th caused death, which is not like it's not a harbinger of, of the actual end of a life, but it's the end of a situation or a season or an era. It's a card that represents a great change. <clears throat> there, uh, and within the Winchester house, there are windows with 13 panes. 13-step staircases, some of which lead to nowhere, 13 windows in one of the larger rooms. It goes on and on and on and on. Staircases, windows, mirrors, and <clears throat> these things, these objects that she's using, that she's embedding these numbers into, are all symbolically important. The stairways, either, either up, down, the windows, you know, the windows and the mirrors are always... <clears throat> mirrors are used in a lot of different magic things and there's a lot of spiritual attachment to them largely because there's uh i mean it's a looking glass and there's there used to be silver behind it and it's a good conductor conductor for spiritual energy could it be that the lady winchester was purposely building this house as an antenna or even a portal to the other side could it be that she wasn't so much getting instructions from her nightly seances but testing the reception of the fucking ghost machine she was making could it be that the Lady Winchester was fueled by Sir Francis Bacon's writing about the new Atlantis, <clears throat> so fueled that the overarching occult thought that the New World Order would also come from the New World? It's possible. Wow. Um, <clears throat> I'm more interested into uh, the numbers aspect of all this, the Pythagor Pythagorean whatever fucking theory. Yeah. Uh, I was reading that, and she was heavily into numbers. She was. Like, it was un It's just unreal. She calculated up the numbers that her husband's name equaled up to, and 111, that's like an ultimate number in that whole theory. And then ultimately, all of his... When you do, when you break it all down, his first, middle, and last name equals seven, so that's seven, 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 which is also an ultimate number. And they believed, and she believed, that the numbers, right, uh, that your name or whatever creates, will whether or not you're successful. Yeah, it's 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 uh, numerological divination or numerology or something like that. It's, I mean, some people still practice it. It's, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting that his name broke down to like 
three sevens and and one eleven, which is like eleven is is a really weird number because uh, for for most things like thirteen, seven, three, nine, all these numbers have pretty set, uh, if not meanings, but alignments at least through different schools of thought but 11 is either thought to be uh some would see it as like a power number uh number that's like a that kind of amplifies magical power some see it as a, a really good thing and like crowley saw the number 11 is as like the number of the most perfect evil so i don't know i find, I find that really interesting was pretty damn evil to build a repeating gun that's killed no time killed no time on many people yeah yeah or it could, could be considered pretty could evil. be i mean yeah 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 yeah. i mean he created something that people wanted so yeah i mean it pushed the uh i mean there's a lot of blood spilled by winchester guns but it's all they've all they also were on the cutting edge of de- technological development and as weapons grow so does society there's yeah, a lot of connections my, my number sucks because uh i calculated all mine up and it was uh i think it was 93 so mine was like three oh, yeah so i mean i don't know what that means hmm. you know but <clears throat> i've done that before though just because i've known about i didn't know what it was called but i just knew you know what i'm saying or just calculating up how many letters your your name makes and then what it equals out to be or whatever. Yeah, I used to do that shit in high school. Like I got uh, a friend of mine taught me how to do it, and then I learned the meanings for all the numbers and yada yada. And I forgot all that shit. Well, because his uh, even uh, William worked um, Winchester. All his letters and name make twenty one, which there's three sevens in twenty one. Right. So. So he was just he was just named really well. Yeah, and it's that, almost it's like, almost like his parents were did it on purpose. Yeah. It, it seems that way. I mean whose name Wirt. But anyways. Right? Well, I guess Wirt was uh some famous secretary I don't know. There were he, yeah. but something in the government. But uh so it, they're saying that your success that's how it, the numbers around you make you successful which she was really successful but she was really crazy too yeah she was uh, and she was uh like i sent you guys the, the link and it's fucking like the reading on this was so fucking heavy especially when you got into like the 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 numerical stuff that she did like yeah. she built it uh, her it's a the house is built like a puzzle that mirrors the uh, ascension of a, of an initiate into a Freemasonic Lodge. Yeah, it's so the, wild. I was reading that, and it's just like... Oh, uh, it's fucking nuts. And all of it, it seems more likely that's what she was doing. Yeah, once, once you really read into it, uh, you guys, we're not going to get into it. Like, we... This theory in and of itself is at least one episode. So if you guys listen to this 
are, are interested, you can go to the truth about Sarah Winchester.com. And so uh, there's several headings on the page. It's just like this bajillion word, like in-depth essay on Sarah Winchester and the Winchester house uh, headings. The house and Sarah's puzzle are super interesting. It gets really into her connection to Freemasonic and Rosicrucian thought and how she wove it into the architecture of the home. And, uh, and it kind of explains her seance room and the rituals and the number of robes that she would wear and yada, yada, yada. It's really interesting, but it's really heavy and it's like occult nerd shit. So like, if you really want to go down that rabbit hole, man, do it. It's super interesting. It's, it'll give you a whole, like when, when I was pulling research for this, I knew I was going to do the Winchester house as an intelligent haunting mostly because when we started kicking around the idea of a paranormal episode, Johnny threw out the Winchester house. So I thought I would add this, but I was just like, eh, whatever, you know, it's not that it's not really that interesting. And then I started digging into it and I found the occult connection and the, the Rosicrucian and Freemasonic and in her connection to Francis Bacon. And I, it made it, it made the whole thing way more interesting. And it is more interesting because when you look at it that way, I mean, it was said that they were kind of into the occult. Yeah. So she was more likely into the occult, and like you said, uh, she was trying to make that as a beacon to capture souls, maybe. that, And you could roll it into maybe she was trying to lead the souls that, of the people that were slayed by the gun there, and that was the best way to do it. You could probably spin it that way, you know what I mean? But yeah. I'm still thinking it was like... The initiate, like she was bringing you on a, li- you know, like just a big puzzle. Can you figure it out? Yeah, I think I think that's more because, like, at the time when she was when construction started, uh, you know, we think of that time as being super puritanical, and I mean, like in England, the the witchcraft acts was were still in every like laws on the books, and you were you could be executed by the state for, for, uh, witchcraft. And then we also had the, uh, the quote unquote Salem witch trials here, but magic like uh, ritual magic was something that was very prevalent just under the surface, like, uh, farmers, people in industry, like all people of all walks of life were doing some, kind of folk magic whether they called it that or not and like this is a time where the rosicrucians and the freemasons weren't i don't think uh they're they may not be the same today they may be i don't know but they were deeply occult societies then and probably still are now so i mean it was there was a whole uh, like almost an underground renaissance of, of magic and, and, and witchery and stuff going on at the same time. So that could have been her, the house could have been her beacon to other like-minded people. Yeah. My, uh, grandfather was a Freemason. Yeah. Yeah. I Mine mean, was too. My great grandfather. Sorry. My great grandfather was, but my grandfather wasn't. Uh, my gr- my grandmother was into it. I forget what they're called. The women, they're 
They have their the home. Eastern, the, the Order of the Eastern Star. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and it, on their, their tombstone, they have their... A pinnacle. Yeah, their little yeah. their little markers, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was always curious about Freemasonry. just I guess because of the secretiveness of it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, where does it lead? But it also, from what I researched into it was... You needed some Freemasonry work at the house. But from what I read into it, yeah, dad joke, huh? No funny. <laughs> funny. But uh, it's like a group to help you build up. Like you want to improve yourself. You're not trying to go backwards. You're trying to move up. So, which kind of the people that are in that group, you know what I'm saying? Give each other helping hands. Yeah. So you're more likely to be successful. Because you're trying to yeah, better yourself, and then they'll help you better yourself. Yeah, I think their their motto is like making better men. Yeah, because you know there's more uh, wealth, there's wealthy people in that group. Oh yes, and they can someone that's not as well off. You know, they can like put them in a position to further their wealth yeah. and further you know making them better. The beginnings of the Masonic Society. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they put them in better positions in society, and yeah, and it could exactly. it could be from anywhere from a job to a place in local government to a place in in a higher government. You know, they yeah. they help you from within. Uh, in the beginning of the Masonic Society, that's what it was. That was they were Masons who were damn good at what they did, and they started having lodges everywhere. And then you would go to a new town. As a stone worker, as an, like an actual mason by trade, and you would meet other masons, and they, that's where, where the handshakes came in. You would identify yourself with that handshake, and they would know that you knew your shit. So like, yeah, come on, I can help you get into stonework here. And then it became like it, it grew into this occult society, and it's still going on today. It's just uh, changed in that they've opened up to broader. I have a cousin who's a few years younger than me. He's actually a first degree Mason. He used to post about, uh, lodge meetings and things like that as, uh, as an initiate. And he posted when he, uh, in freely talked about his induction, right. And then once he got his first degree, he stopped talking about it completely. That might be what you you're told to do. Yeah, that's what I believe it is. I believe he was he was very open. To he was bring excited. People in. Yeah, it's to yeah. Draw he was super excited. Curiosity in, and maybe mm-hmm. you get someone else to come because they pay dues. Yeah, I mean you're paying dues. Pay so. dues like a union. Yeah, I mean you got yeah. well, you got to keep the lodge up. Oh you yeah, you pay your lodge so, dues and uh, you got to keep the alcohol flowing. <laughs> Right. You gotta pay for all them swords do. and candles and shit. Yeah, I don't know what they do in a fucking lodge. I have no clue. Hope they're not like a secret assassin. Oh, I only say that because I just watched Ninja Assassin. Y'all seen that movie? No, but I, I've wanted to for a long time. Yeah, it's 2009, super bloody, super bloody. I love ninja stuff. So, so anyway. Uh, are we going to get into the residual haunting? I mean, you... we are. We are. This is really quick. Uh, residual hauntings, honestly, man, residual hauntings are kind of fucking boring. 
I mean, they're kind of, they'd be cool to experience, but they're not all that cool to talk about because it's just like some shit playing over and over again. You know, it's they're they're uh, they're showing the dead guy from a hundred years ago down at the wall on Grand. You know, so it's a rerun. So yeah, it's a yeah, damn it rerun. It's, <laughs> yeah, they, their their moment has gone into syndication. So I took some time and found the coolest residual haunting out there, the Flying Dutchman. The origins of the Dutchman be shrouded in mystery. There be some who say she was trapped in a storm without a guide in depart. Some say her captain stood on the port bow and cursed God for the storm, challenging him to sink the vessel. Whatever the truth be, the results be the same. The flying Dutchman still sails round the Cape of Good Hope. There she be waiting warning sailors of ill omens to come she, she's trapped there and seas unable to make port yar she's the ship's been spotted on the waters uh in foul winds for over 300 years when a storm kicks up around the cape of good hope it's uh, it's likely to see the flying dutchman and uh, now is it the Dutchman looking for port in the storm or is it a, a warning to, uh, hold on. To hold on. You, sh- you need to be saying this in the fucking pirate voice. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll go back to the pirate voice. Come on. She's been, she's been spotted on the waters and foul winds for over 300 years. Whether she be looking for port warning fellow seafarers, are looking for our revenge is still a mystery. <laughs> okay, you don't have to read the rest of it. Because, dude, that's exactly how I read that part. <laughs> I'm glad. That's no, how I read no it. No joke. Like, I started reading it, and I was like, no, this is pirate voice fucking words. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I read it exactly fucking like it, dude. I was like, fuck uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean... I mean, water is a conductor for paranormal stuff. I mean, salt water, especially because of the, the you know, the, the iron, I don't know, fucking whatever, nerd shit, salt, whatever. And then, you know, I'm sure there's some sort of like limestone or, or iron deposits under the ground. And then you have a, a fucking hardy storm like the one that took the ship down. And that's what triggers that residual haunting. Uh, the, uh, the, the warning or looking for port or whatever is exactly what it was doing when it was sunk. And uh, it's just uh, us trying to give it a meaning. You know, why is this happening? Why is this ghost ship here? It's really cool though. And I mean, you got a giant ship and everybody in it fucking dies. So that's going to leave an imprint. Well, I'm not sure if that's cool. I'm well, I mean, that's, Man, dude, I mean, that's sink- fucking morbid. <laughs> The sinking of the ship isn't cool, and all the people that died isn't cool. Okay, that's so like, clear. But like a ghost pirate ship fucking sailing yeah, the water. Cool. That's pretty spiffy. That's pretty uh, cool. Like, it, it's not just a bunch of drunk sailors who see it, uh, probably. Uh, it was uh, most notably uh, young King George III saw it while out uh, serving his uh, Navy duties uh, during a storm. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. That is cool. 
Also, Epstein didn't kill himself, according to my notes. Yeah, I've seen that shit. I was like, what the fuck? That's that's why I was like, I was waiting on an email or a message or something, because I was like, you know, everything's half-assed serious, and then we get down to this last one, and it's like, ha, this is hilarious. I was going to message you, because I read this during my lunch break today, and uh, because I forgot about it, and like usual, and I seen that shit, and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna message him about that shit. <laughs> Just gonna leave it be. <laughs> it was funny. I did laugh. Well, Some bitch, I'm not fucking messaging about that shit. <laughs> we're moving away from Epstein. Actually, we're not moving away from it because you see the poor bastards that were the guards that got arrested today. They're gonna charge the really? motherfuckers, yeah. For falsifying yeah. uh, documents, government documents, saying that they checked on him and they didn't. So them motherfuckers are the fall guys. Hope they got paid good. Yeah. Hope them motherfuckers got paid good, man. I hope they don't kill themselves. Yeah, there's the other thing. We'll get killed. They're gonna get Epstein. Yeah, exactly. They're gonna get Epstein. <laughs> They're gonna get got. That is the new get got Epstein. Yeah. It's, it's a wrap for him. But, guys, we hope you liked this episode of The Paranormal. I hope you learned something. You know, um, it's really interesting. And like, like Yeti said earlier, we only touched the surface. I mean, each one of these can go really far deep into more than one episode. I mean, honestly, you could get two or three episodes out of, especially the, uh, not the residual, but the, I forget what it's called, the other one. Ultra Ghost. That one and the other one. The Intelligent Hauntings. Yeah. Like, we could pick, we could go into, like, the, even these cases, maybe not the Dutchman, because that's really all I care to research that. <laughs> but, uh, and I don't want to do a whole fucking episode in pirate voice. I, I feel like that would hurt my throat. Well, no, I'm, I'm uh, just talking about that. <laughs> but, uh, but, like, we could go into Enfield, or we could go into, like, the Winchester house, and that would be, I think it would be interesting for us. I don't know. I don't you know don't know about anybody else <laughs> but um yeah we hope you like this uh as always go follow us on uh instagram at the horror basement podcast and at tn horror news you follow jim jam at jim jam here yeti at the movie raccoon me at johnny dot Leroy. and uh go hit up that website tnhorror.com and if you want to become a patron patron you know you can do that blow um, that shit up y'all you can uh, get some merchandise if you want, uh, you know, if you, if you choose to do it. Or if you broke like us, and just share this with your friends or your enemies, your mamas, your grannies. I don't know about your grannies. <laughs> I don't know about if your mamas. your grannies, cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, you know, share it, share it with someone. You know what I'm saying? Hey, just mention it. That, I mean, that's <laughs> ultimately. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, because Johnny's got, or Yeti's got the geriatric. Yeah. yeah, I mean, tell, with, tell your your granny, I said, Hi. <laughs> with the great granny, but uh, yeah, hey, ultimately, <laughs> I mean, it's not about the money, but if you could just share it with your friends or whoever, just anywhere on your Facebook, anywhere, 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 anywhere yeah. on the internets, hell yeah, do that, and be on the lookout for Beyond the Basement next week, guys. Coming, uh, coming, listen, you know, I think yeah, we're gonna break gonna down finish. the head nod gesture. Um, also, uh, Bigfoot Mormon, Mormon Bigfoot. Yeah. 
We're going to discuss oh, yes. the, Mormon the Mormon Bigfoot. And we got a couple other things that we're going to talk about. Yeah, a some uh, newsy this stuff. Some Edward Snowden. I don't know about that. But, uh, uh, yeah. So, Why? Thanks for listening. And as always, we appreciate you guys and for taking the time out of your day. Yeah. That's all we got. We out. Peace. Go to the YouTube channel. Check out Rancid Ransom Reviews. While you're at it, stay spooky and try not to be an asshole. Now it's time to say goodbye to the basement guys again. They would like to thank you folks for kindly dropping in. You're all invited back next week to this locality to have a heaping helping of their hospitality. Or that is, spooks and spells. Take your shirt off. Y'all come back now, you hear?